SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Hey, it's SV Pod. Overmodulated Steve is here as well. We will welcome in Luca Garza, Iowa's leading scorer, leading scorer in the nation, uh, to talk about his senior year at Iowa and much more after this. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. And be sure to check out Stephen A's World. Stephen A's World streams weekdays on ESPN+, Plus, bringing fans Stephen A. Smith's entertaining perspective and deep expertise with signature guests. The best interviews from Stephen A's World are now available as a podcast every Wednesday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and watch Stephen A's World on ESPN+. Plus. And action. We're joined now by Luca Garza. Of course, the Iowa big man, now their all-time leading scorer, leading scorer in the nation. They got a fun couple of games coming up at Michigan, at Ohio State. We'll get to all of that in just a minute. And Luca, uh, as we start, thanks for the time, uh, first of all. I just mentioned all-time leading scorer. And if I don't start here, I'm going to be thinking about it the whole time. We had the highlight the other night in Sports Center, and I showed it. You had a free throw for the all-time record. You're not a good shooter. You're an excellent shooter. <laughs> you airballed the free throw for the record. Like that hasn't probably happened to you since you're six years old. What happened in that moment, man? Honestly, I, I've never airballed a free throw in my life. And, and um, <laughs> I think the worst part about it was, you know, I, I got fouled and I, I knew it was a one-on-one and, and I was going uh, to the line and then there was a timeout. There was a media timeout. So I had to sit there and I really hadn't been thinking about it for the whole game. Um, but then I looked up at the scoreboard. I, I knew I was two points away. And I think the nerves started to settle in a little bit. So when I got up to that line, uh, you know, to be honest, it, it was a miracle. The first one went in. It, both of them felt horrible when I when I let them go. Uh, and the second one, you know, I think the no, nerves just kind of overcame me. And, uh, you know, I screamed short as soon as they left my hand. <laughs> short! <laughs> and I walked out. But, uh, you know, I think uh, it, it was fitting that it, it came from a, you know, pass from um, Jordan Bohannon. Um, and I was able to pass it that way. And, and once I did that, you know, it was kind of monkey off my back and, and I was good to go for the rest of the game. Okay. And I see, I appreciate the, just the honesty because my guy, Steve pointed that out that, that to, to me the other night, like when you did and you know, the, the, it was so obvious what this meant. And I understand why I was such a tradition based program and marbles and like, I mean, I'm an old guy, so I remember it, mm-hmm. but like, it's it's clear that you came back for a lot of different reasons and this was something that could happen and so players know in their mind like you know you knew what you needed to get so like it makes sense to me that the weight of that like it 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 would it had to get heavy you know what I mean like there's no way for it not to you know it, it wouldn't have made sense for it to just be like ah whatever for sure you know it just you know it, it means the world to me to even be in this position it just means that I've had a lot of great teammates and coaches over my four years but you know Exactly. You know, I I think I knew going in, but I tried to make the focus of the game all on winning. And I think the only moment where I kind of let that slip 
was um, you know during that time uh, when when I really had to think about it. So you know it, it, it's just uh, definitely a blessing to have the teammates that I do. Yeah, you'd have been fine if it was just you know it didn't have the time out to be like, uh oh man, that's that's <laughs> but that's amazing. You know what? I thought about this the other day. Uh, Serena Williams was talking about playing in the Australian Open and fans were going to be back, and she's like, you know, it's great to have them there, but it also makes me nervous. Like I think people underestimate that the best Tiger Woods told me all the time. Like, you think I'm not nervous on the first tee at Augusta? Like, what role do, do nerves play? Because when I watch you play, you're not a guy that ever feels like you, you get too high, too low. But, I mean, what, how would you ascribe sort of being in the arena and what what it, what, it, what it means? You know, I think you know, there's always a, a, a nervous excitement about playing basketball for me, you know, no matter where. Um, but especially at this level and, and, and playing, you know, even if they're not fans there, you know, just just we know how important these games are, and I know how important these games are for you know our program, our team. So obviously, there's a lot of nerves that go into every single game. But for me, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned over the last two years is I've implemented meditation, and that's been my way of just relaxing, being able to go in every game, kind of calm and present. But you know, I think even even that moment was a little too much. We got to ask about your coach. Uh, everybody loves to talk about Coach McCaffrey. Is as tense as he is. When did you know? like recruiting and all that stuff. When did you know how good of a player he was back in his day? You know, I think, honestly, I kind of found out fast. Um, you know, I, I he started recruiting me in my sophomore year, um, really before a lot of other teams did. And he was actually, you know, a lot of schools, the assistant sees you first. But he was the first one to see me. You know, I was playing against his son, uh, Connor, in an AAU tournament during a dead period. So no other coaches could be there. But since it was his son, he was uh. to be there and watch um, and, and, and so, you know, I, I played well, uh, and, and he obviously reached out to me. So I started to kind of look into Iowa a little bit more and, you know, I, I started to hear like white magic, white magic. So I was trying to <laughs> figure out who, who is white magic. What is that? And, uh, you know, obviously I found out the coach was a really, really good player, great ball handler and great passer. So, you know, I, I learned, I learned a lot about that and it was really funny. Do you think he gets away more with the mask on now during games, talking to officials and his players? Do you think the mask helps him? Yeah, I think for you know people watching the TV, you don't get to see what he's saying. But no, everyone still hears him. He, his voice carries. I'm a guy that loves – obviously, I'm a big guy. I love some buffalo wings, all right? And the buffalo wings, you know, the flavors go hot, hotter, Hottest, you know, would you suicide. Eat the yeah, what was How the many levels would... of Coach McCaffrey's hot mad is there? Or is there just one? And it just goes zero to 100 real fast. You know, I, I think there's uh, I think there's levels to it. You know, I think when, <laughs> when you get to the, you know, faces red, any screaming, that's that's the top. That's the top level. But you know, there's different points where he's not, you know, as. Angry. What's the maddest you ever made him? That's a good one. I think. Uh, honestly, I think I was part of a play my freshman year at Indiana, and we were up for most of the, the half, and, you know, we started to fall apart, and they were coming back, and, and they started to take the lead. And on the last play, um, you know, we ran a play, and I was wide open at the end, and I didn't get the ball, and we, we turned it over, and they went down, and there was like five seconds left, and none of us ran back, including me, and the guy went down and laid it up, and, and that was you – know, that's, that's the most mad I've ever seen coach – in the locker room, throwing chairs, you know, kicking things. You know, that was that was that was definitely the top two. I think people, it's easy to to seize upon th that part of of coach, but I met him many years ago when he was at Siena, and it was a charity event that, that that they asked if I could come up and help, and I was happy to do it. And I was just, 
I was just struck. He's such a he's such a calm, decent, great guy. And I mean, I, you know where I'm from, DC guy, Gary Williams, who I've known for years at Maryland. You talk to Gary away from the arena. He's the most he's actually almost shy, soft spoken, very calm. But Gary had that gear, too. I, I think that it just speaks to the competitor in the guy. And I think to Steve's point, it goes back to him being a great player. You know what I mean? Like just that, that you can be a very soft spoken kind man and you can just have that gear in the competitive environment where there's just a whole different deal is that is that who the guy you know yes you know he's one of the fiercest competitors i've ever been around you know player or coach um so you know that's exactly right but you know when he's not you know like that he's a family man he's a great guy he's he's funny awesome to be around and, and truthfully you know during the game you know obviously he does blow up but a lot of it you know which is kind of uh, a lot of it's directed towards the refs, if we're being honest. You know, <laughs> it's not always towards us, and especially when he, and even when he does yell at you, like you know, all, like he yells at the players and stuff like that, he's he's giving you another chance as soon as, you know, a couple of minutes go by, he's putting you back in there, giving you a chance to 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 learn from it. So that that's the biggest thing for me is is if if I'm gonna have a coach who's gonna blow up and yell at me, that he's gonna give me a chance uh, to make it right and and and, and make my mistake better. Um, so, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. But, you know, you're exactly right. He gets that point because he, he wants to win and he wants us to win so bad and he wants the best for us. So, you know, that's why he's so you know fierce. The style that he's instilled in you guys, Luca, it's an awesome style to watch. You guys are up and down. It's a fun style. I can't imagine how great like practice is where it's, you know, you guys are just playing so free. You could just see it, you know, like nothing really phases you, you guys go down early the other night to Penn State and I'm just like, this, this is, there's way too much time left. They got, they got too many good shot makers. They're going to come back. But on the other side, you guys are playing a lot of high scoring games. And what are the naysayers saying? They don't like to play defense. You know, they're going to try and outscore it. What do you guys take from that? Like, is that, is that just motivation to keep trying to get better on the defensive end and practice, but also, you know, looking towards, I mean, let's be honest. The big 10 has been incredible this year, right? There's gotta be some of you guys that are like, you know what? I can't wait to just get to the NCAA tournament and really show these people, you know, what we got, knowing how good the Big Ten is. But, like, your guys' mindset, do you do you hear that noise? You know, we definitely do, and I think we've heard it all year. Um, and I'm just really proud of our team. Um, you know, these last, I'd say, five games, you know, um, I think we've just taken it up a, another level in the defensive mm -hmm. end. We haven't really been, you know, before that. And I think we've really locked into, you know, understanding that, you know, stopping teams is what's going to make us – Great, and, and we can beat a lot of teams with our offense, but we hit a stretch where you know our offense, you know, had some had some trouble. You know, we were getting games where we had a drought, and then we lost. You know, at Indiana or Indiana, we're up nine, and then we have a scoring drought, and they end up winning by ten. You know, Ohio State, we couldn't keep up with their scoring for a little bit, um, and we ended up losing that game. So we realized how how important the defensive end is, and and I think we've always realized that, but we've never you know consistently locked into that, and we've had. A few performances this year where I'd say we were awesome defensive performances. Purdue at home, North Carolina, um, you know, there were there were definitely a couple. But then you had the games like Gonzaga or at Minnesota when the games got up into nineties mm -hmm. and hundreds, and we can we can score up there anytime we want. Um, but we we understand that winning um, is going to require us to play better defense. And I think we've really locked into that, you know, in these last couple games, um, and 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 that's what we know is important. That's going to help us make a run in the NCAA tournament. We know 
how great the Big Ten is. And, and yes, we're very excited to get to the NCAA tournament. And I think, you know, everyone in the Big Ten is, you know, once you get out of there and you don't have, you know, these great coaches scouting your teams and, and all these game plans, it's going to be a lot different. But, you know, I, I think we have a chance to really make a run in the, in the Big Ten tournament and, 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 and win a championship. You used in it the word just a moment ago that I've heard about this league, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if you could expand upon it. This, I've had a coach outside this league say the, the Big Ten is the best scouted league in the, in, in the country. And it just, they just, I think everybody knows, you know, everybody knows what you're running, right? Like your fist or thumb or whatever, you, whatever the signals are. But, but what makes the Big Ten the best scouted league? Like what, what, is, what does that mean really? You know, it, it really goes, you know, uh, you know, a lot of teams in, in the country go, you know, their, their scouting reports, like play calls, different stuff like this, but it goes beyond play calls. It's tendencies. It's, you know, locking in the players. And, 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 and obviously over these last two years, I've started to see, you know, a lot of different game plans and, and I'm seeing different things every night from different teams. So you, you, you really learn just how you know smart these, these coaches are. And we know how prepared we are for each game we go into. And we have the same kind of, game plan for somebody else. But, you know, I think it's a lot of high-level coaches that understand that, you know, game planning is what prepares your team to win. And, and, and I think that's, that's why, you know, people say that. They can do whatever they want. They're not stopping you. you your, your, game is, your game is improved every year. You've added layers to it. And last spring when it was like, is he going to come back or not? I started hearing he's coming back. And I'm thinking, well, that's too bad. I, was, you know, I, was, I didn't want to see you again. What, what made you decide that it was t- time to, you know, come back for one more run with the fellas? You know, I saw the opportunity, what, you know, the potential of this team could be. Um, and, and, you know, I love playing with my teammates. And, you know, that was honestly the biggest thing is I just – it just wouldn't have felt right leaving without, you know, kind of finishing my career and finishing this year with this team um, and seeing what we could do, you know. And, and we're getting close to that time where, you know, it'll be time to see, you know, what this team is made of. Um, so it, it was very exciting for me. And I, I couldn't have made a better decision. Um, and, and, you know, obviously – you know, the NBA is, is, is a dream of mine, you know, for, since, since I was a little kid. But, you know, being on a great college team was also a dream of mine. Does Bohannon take a lot of time to get ready when he goes out? I know you guys can't really go out now, but I see him and I, he's always, his hair is always perfect. And I look at him, I'm like, that guy, like, like his gear, his like, I, he just looks like he takes a long time to get ready to go out. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I something like that. No, I've learned a lot from him. You know, me, <laughs> me and him now share the same barber. You know, he he introduced me to him. So now I get my hair cut by the same guy. And a lot of you're guys. always clean. You, you're always how often do you like you play Michigan Thursday night? That's a big one. Then Ohio State. Like, how often do you have to make sure that the cut is 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 correct? You know, honestly, you know, when you look at our team, our whole starting lineup gets cut by the, by the same person. Um, and we go every two weeks. You know, I have a couple roommates, Connor McCaffrey. We we go about every two weeks, you know, CJ Frederick will go, you know, every week or two and same with Jordan Bohan. You know, we're all <laughs> in tune with you. There's no product though. You're putting in before the game, right? No, not all me. Right, Cause I was going to say, man, my, you, you sweat a lot. I don't want, I don't <laughs> yeah. want anything I, I down on the jersey yeah. or on the hands. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I just, I, we just moved to DC. Uh, from Connecticut. Uh, the show's out of here now. You're obviously from here. Um, and I'm just trying to think. I've never been to Iowa. Like, there's got to be, like, you're, you know, D.C. kid growing up, and then you go to Iowa. Like, I don't want to stereotype Iowa, but, like, what? All right, let's, let's start You're kind of stereotyping Iowa before you even no. ask the question is what you're doing, Steve. No, what, what's what's the one thing you, you, you missed, like, as soon as you realized uh, you were living in Iowa? 
you know, because that's a, it was a big change, no lie, yeah, right? It definitely was a big change, and you know, I've always been a big city kid, so I, I think just you know the city in general, you know, being around all of the tall buildings, you know, walking around, being able to get food really late at night at diners or whatever the case may be, I, I think that was one of the biggest things you know I, I kind of missed, but you know it. I found, you know, just kind of beauty in the difference between the two, you know, a small college town. And I I just really fell in love with with Iowa City and the campus. And I think, you know, my freshman year was probably the hardest in terms of missing home. Uh, But after that, I just kind of really, really fell in love with the campus. And, and, you know, I I missed home, obviously, because I miss my family. But, you know, I love being here and I love being back in D.C., you know, almost equally. So uh, it's just really, really been an awesome experience for me. You know, I think when I was being recruited, that was the craziest thing to think about was like, what is Iowa going to be like? You know, I'm from, I'm from DC. I take the Metro to school every day. Like, you know, what, what is, what is, what is Iowa going to be like? And I get off the airplane uh, like, and land in the airport. Everything's flat. I don't see a building for like, you know, like a- anywhere. So I'm like, you know, what's going on? And once I get to Iowa city, you know, I, I, I thought it was really nice and, you know, met all the people and that's, you know, the people here are, are, are truthfully so amazing that, you know, it, it, it makes it really special. Speaking of D.C. and high school, I, I th- and Steve's, you know, here now and is getting an idea of what the league that, that, that you're a part of here and, like, who you play against. Like, when, during and high school in D.C., like, whether it's DeMatha, Gonzaga, it, I, I, Paul V.I., I mean, I could keep going. Like, just who were who some of the guys in your time frame in high school that you were playing against? Oh my gosh, you know, it, 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 there was a lot of people, you know, even, you know, obviously the WCAC, uh, which is a league with the math and Gonzaga, that is the best high school league in the country. Um, and, you know, obviously I, I wasn't in that league. I was at Murray School, which was in the MAC, but we still had, you know, Josh Hart played for Sidwell, Sadiq Pei played for Sidwell, Obi Anachonia played for St. James, Justin Robinson from Virginia Tech played at St. James, um, you know, and then obviously, you know, we played against Markel Foles at DeMatha, DJ Harvey. Um, you know, Chris Likes was in my, my class on my AAU team. Um, there's just so many guys, you know, um, and, and that's what made it so good. You know, obviously Hunter Dickinson and me played against each other. You know, we, we both played for takeover. And even though he was younger than me, we always worked out and played against each other. So, you know, it, that's the best thing about the DMV is that I could keep going on and on and on for days. about how It's many, crazy, right? How many great players there are. And every, every time you turn on your TV, you see someone doing really well. In college, you know, it's most likely a, a DMV player. Do guys pull for each other? Yes, I, I think for sure. You know, I was really excited. Uh, the way, you know, Sadiq Bay, you know, from my freshman year when we kind of came in, or my sophomore year, he was a freshman, and we came in to high school and seeing him develop over these years. And, and last year, you know, when I won the Kareem Award and I think he won the Julie Serving, I thought that was just a really cool moment for two out of the five, you know, position players in college to be from, the same high school league, which is, you know, a, a small, you know, the, the Mac. So it, I, I pull for everyone I see from the DMV. Nate Watson's doing great at, at Providence. There's, there's really, you know, so many guys that, um, you know, that you watch CJ Kaiser, NC Central, what he's doing. It's, it's really awesome. And, and be, it's, it's interesting because when guys blow up, like, it, it, and Nate Watson was a guy like, I know Maryland was talk, talking to him and people are always like, after you turn into this monster, it's like, well, why the hell didn't Maryland speak to him? And it's like, there's so many guys that it's impossible to try to recruit everybody. I know like Hunter Dickinson made some comment about like Maryland didn't recruit him. Like, well, they offered him when he was a sophomore. It's like, <laughs> Hey man, like they, they, they tried, but there's just so many people. I just, I think it's, it's amazing 
just to try to give people an idea of the depth of talent around here. It's just, I don't think there's anything else like it in the country. Do you? No, I, I honestly think, you know, more teams, more universities should recruit out of the DMV area. Cause when you see just what happens when you do and you get a player from here, they, they like you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But I know, I think, you know, and I think you look at Maryland and how many great players from our area that have been there, Melo Trimble, Anthony Cowan, Daryl Morsell, like Jalen Smith, you just keep going on. And they've done such a great job of recruiting the area. But, you know, like you said, it's hard. There's there's so many player, players to, to kind of look from in each class. Every single year, there's another guy that's going to be, you know, hopefully in the NBA at some point. What's um, the league like this year with no fans? It's, it's, it's a lot different, but, you know, I think – over time, we've really gotten used to it. And I think the biggest thing that has changed is, is our bench has really gotten into being that kind of energy that the crowd would, would uh, you know, provide for us. You know, defense chance or just scream and get a lot of energy. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's really fun for me because, you know, I, I play the same way, uh, whether I'm in front of 15,000 people or I'm at the YMCA or I'm outside. Like, I, I play the same way. I'm still going to yell and scream. I'm still going to play with emotion. It's just the way I love to play basketball. So, you know, obviously we've gotten used to it. We miss having a packed Carver Hawkeye arena, but, you know, truthfully, it's a little easier when you go <laughs> on the road and, and it's not, you know, 15,000 people helping them, uh, you know, get runs and, you know, have momentum and, and whatever the case may be, because, you know, really the crowd plays such a factor, um, you know, in a lot of games. Luca, I got to, uh, you know, you're talking to two guys that lost their dad at an early age. And I've read a ton about how much your dad, has helped you and you, you know you call him a best friend and is it true he's only missed one game in new york there was a snowstorm or something was that right yes there's well there's there's two games he's missed in my college career first of all sorry for both of your losses oh don't worry but you know at, at minnesota my freshman year he uh, he had a meeting and he ended up everyone in his work was watching the game together and then obviously you know in in new york uh, we we're playing the 2k classic uh, against oregon and his, you know, he, his flight got in, but he, you know, couldn't, you know, make it through all the way to the game because of traffic or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, no, there's, there's, it's very rare that he misses a game. And obviously this year, you know, some, some places don't allow, yeah, uh, you can be family, uh, you know, especially earlier in the year. Um, but uh, we're very lucky that Iowa does let us have that. So my dad is able to come to our games here. Um, and I know he loves that. And you know, he misses going on the road. <laughs> Um, but you no, know, it's always, it's always amazing to just have that support there and, and be able to see him in the crowd. He played at Idaho, right? Yes, he played at the University right. of Iowa or Idaho. He played at a Skagit Valley uh, Junior College and Santa Rosa Junior College, and then his coach from Santa Rosa Junior College, Coach Bill Trumbo, who was actually someone who worked with me and trained with me a lot when I was in high school. He went to the University of Idaho and took my dad with him. Oh, I've been to Moscow, Idaho. You're not missing anything there. You can tell him I said that. Do you remember how old when the first time, like you could, you you got him? I imagine you guys played one on one. Oh yeah, we we definitely played one on one. He used to never never <laughs> let me beat me. Uh, yep. beat him. And uh, you know, I think you know once I I probably got to like seventh eighth grade when I first got him for the first time. And nice. That was, that was a really really good feeling. <laughs> I bet it was. Uh, it's just cool. You see, I, I watched, I saw some videos online of you guys working out and it's just, I don't know, as Steve says, when you, when you, when you lose something like that, um, I, I, I'm not trying to give you advice, but never take for granted that the blessing and the gift oh, no. uh, that, 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 that love is, you know, as a parent now, like I, you see how much 
investing your time and your love in your child. Like, like I'll, I'll, someday when you're on the other end of it, what you get back is so much more than you'll ever know. But it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, what you've become and the role he's played in that and to see him supporting you. And you mentioned the Iowa people and the, and, and the community that's supporting you guys. They want to see you make a run. Um, I talked a minute ago about like your schedule coming up at Michigan, at Ohio State. It's relentless, you know? I mean, who knows? You could be a high seed. You could be whatever seed. But it's about making a run in the tournament. What do you guys feel like you have to do, this crew that's been together for a long time, to, to, to have that run? What do you have to do? I, I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is, is going to be seeing if this, you know, this defense we've been playing for these last five games can continue to be consistent every single night. You know, that we know that, you know, we can score. And, and so, you know, we can score against anybody. We, we have total confidence in that. You know, obviously we lost to Gonzaga, but we put up 90. We know we can, we can score points. And we didn't even, you know, Truthfully, we didn't have a good offensive game. We were four for 25 from three, and we still were able to score against the number one team country, number one team in the country like that. You know, I think we all know that we can score the ball against anybody, no matter what defense is in front of us. Um, but, you know, our ability to be able to get stops is what's going to take us, you know, as far as we can go. And, and we, you know, having C.J. Frederick back and healthy has, has really helped. You know, obviously without him in that stretch, you know, people don't realize how much that, that affected us, but it did. And now having him back and healthy is is, is is awesome. And we're going to continue to push forward. We obviously have a huge week this week with two big road games against, you know, two of the top four teams in the country. And, and you know, the biggest thing for us going in those games is to continue this effort on the defensive end. Luca, last week we did a, a date and highlight. Um, it was their last, last game at home. And they're out there with their jerseys and their head coach. And I'm driving home and I was just really pissed off because I really think about that team last year and Dayton knowing what they had at stake and they never had a chance to go. And I just can't stop thinking about their head coach and especially their seniors now. Have you guys been able at, at points this year, and I understand the, the testing and all that, like the idea that it's brought you guys closer. I mean, you guys got a lot of veterans on your team, but have you been able to, to talk to each other about this journey, man? Like appreciate what you guys are doing because of what's going on and how good you guys have been and, and, and been able to enjoy this. Definitely. You know, I think the team is just, you know, so hungry and especially with the, a lot of guys, you know, who were there last year when, you know, our season got cut short mm -hmm. and we felt like we were another team that was, you know, in a good position to make a run. Um, and, and I think, you know, that motivation from not having that tournament, you know, obviously I had been my sophomore year, but there's a lot of guys that hadn't been. And, you know, the people who were there my sophomore year, we know how much the Tennessee loss has been eating at us since mm. that moment. Um, so, you know, obviously we are, we are filled with motivation. We understand, you know, uh, how important this is. And it, it's just been, you know, honestly, I'm just, you know, we talked to the guys before the year started about being so impressed to how smart everyone's been, how careful we've been just to, to make sure there's no, you know, pauses or anything like that. We're, we're really just trying to, you know, stay as healthy as we can. And we're going to continue to do that uh, knock on wood. Um, and, and I think we all know, you know, what, what the purpose of this year is and what we want out of it. So we're, we're determined. I'm so impressed with the, just the discipline of the, of the young men and women across the country to, to, I mean, you guys are in college and, you know, I, I that just to, to have the focus that you have to do what you have to do to have this opportunity. And given that it got taken away last year, Steve says for Dayton, you guys think you were in a good space. Maryland felt like everybody felt like they were in a good space because in your head, you're not thinking, yeah, we probably would have got there and lost in the first round, right? Everybody in their heads, like we would have been in Atlanta and it sucked that you guys didn't get it, but you guys are going to have a chance this year for sure. Um, 
On the way out, I want to just ask one thing about the next level. Because you're a guy, and I roll my eyes at myself because everything comes back to Maryland. But Gravis Vasquez was a guy like you, could have left, came back. His last year, he became ACC Player of the Year. He got drafted in the first round. He got to the league. He got to several contracts. He made some money. Like, he's one of my all-time guys. I'll, I, he's one of my favorite people ever because of just he, – he, he invested in himself, and he made it. Your game, like a, a true post guy now in the league, I don't know how many guys there are like that, but you can stretch it out in the shoot to three. You're going to play at the next level. I just wonder how much does the next level enter your mind – even as you're focused on right now and your guys, but thinking about like what's next, like how do you how do you keep those thoughts in a in a separate place? Yeah, no, I think you know honestly when I when I came back, I knew I had confidence in myself that you know I felt like I was going to make it in the league whenever I got there. You know, sure, I, I felt like I didn't need to rush it. You know, I have a, a lot of confidence in myself as a player and as a worker. I feel like you know whatever I need to do to get there, that I'm going to be able to do because I'm just going to work that hard to get there. Um, so I, I think, you know, I, I've done a really good job this year of just trying to, you know, set the priority on, on winning games and, 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 and getting as far as we want to get to as a team. But you mm -hmm. know, I understand, you know, this whole summer was, you know, working on those things that, you know, NBA teams had told me throughout the summer they wanted me to work on. So I just try to work and improve as much as I could on those things, uh, you know, to help myself. But, you know, once I got to, to the year, I wanted to give my full commitment to the team and not. I'm not playing for anybody else, but, you know, myself and this team in, in, in the University of Iowa. And, you know, I, I think, you know, in the future, I, I think it's all going to, you know, take care of itself just, you know, because, you know, I, my Chuck Trezell always told me the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I'm, I'm going to continue to work hard and, and, and hopefully I continue to get lucky. Well, Lefty Giselle used to say that all the time. And Lefty told me once, I said, Coach, I got lucky. He said, if it was luck, it would have run out by now. So what you're doing, what you're doing is not luck, Luca. It's uh. It's easy to root for, man. I enjoy watching you play, no doubt. and I, w I wish you and your team nothing but the best, and we're, we're so appreciative of you spending a little bit of time. Uh, good luck with the, the next couple of games and the rest of the way. Go make a run in the tournament, man, all right? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a tremendous opportunity. Appreciate Luca Garza's time, nation's leading scorer. He's got, uh, what, 24 and 8 and 55% free field goal percentage. Last quarter century, the only players from power conferences to have those kind of numbers, Kevin Durant and Michael Beasley. So you're talking about a special year, wow. Steve, that he's having. Um, that gives you an idea of the context. I just I love that he went back for one more ride with the guys, and, and I love that it's he's you, you can see that he can stretch it out and shoot the three. Uh, a lot of his work is done down low. That's just not what the NBA is now. Um, but, I mean, I, I – I think what he can do translates to the next level for sure. I mean, it's just a question of finding the right fit with, especially for a big now, just you got to find a place where you fit what they're trying to get done. Yeah. And you got to be able to guard the pick and roll in space and what the NBA has become. But like he said, and, and you watch it when he plays, you know, he like when he talks about being confident in how much of a hard worker he is, uh -huh. give me that guy. Give yeah, me that is. guy that is not afraid at any point to, to work on his game. And, you know, I, I, I think, I think they do, you know, and I, and I said that as long as, you know, Maryland, um, Michigan, Ohio state, Iowa, they got to be dying for the NCAA tournament. To start. Somebody yeah, besides I mean, who we've been playing. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a true thing. Like I remember a couple years ago, uh, it's probably like five or six now, the big 10 was almost at this level. And I was saying 
They who these teams just tank in the Big Ten tournament because you just you got to get you got to get some kind of rest. And I really I, I think about that stuff when you get to this point of the season. Now there are some teams that are still playing for you know a seed line and understand. I get that they're not going to throw a, a Big Ten tournament, but I just you know Michigan, Ohio State, you know is the Big Ten tournament really they mean that much? Get yourself ready. Get your how good ready. was that? How good was that game on Sunday? As you said. High level. High. Both teams shot shot making ability. 53%. Both teams shot 53%. Now that can turn into, well, no one played any defense. There was no defense to be played. Yeah, you didn't watch When everybody on the floor can pass, dribble, and shoot, you don't have to hide people. So that you you fly at some guy on the wing, he runs right by you, puts it on the floor, he kicks to somebody, the ball ping-pongs around, and then can you make open shots? But both of those teams can really go. I think we've looked all year for somebody besides Gonzaga and Baylor. Like, who else? Well, Villanova, sure, but Ohio State and Michigan, both. They're right there to be considered with. And there's that fun bet out there. You get What do you get? You get Gonzaga or Baylor, and then the other thing is? The field. So I get both of the teams I watch playing Columbus. Exactly. That makes uh, me feel good about that side. Well, I say take the field in general just because the, the, the you know, the wild card that is. And look, I hate to say it. It's the math, Scott. It's the math. Well, it's not just the math. It's also, and I, I, I hate to frame it this way, but like, you know, look, Baylor's been on pause right now. I mean, you never know. You could have it. Unfortunately, that's why everybody has to hunker down and see this finish line and try to get there and try to stay as safe as they can. So, uh, again, our thanks to Luca Garza. Uh, what a, an easy guy to like. Oh. That helps us pivot to something we're we're going to do here now every week. A new segment. New segment. You know, we, we need that. We need to get, you know who we need? We need the Duke. We need the Duke to bless the mic because I'm going to do it in announcer guy voice. Yes. But we need, we need somebody that's like a true VO specialist to introduce this new segment. Every week, it's called Here's What I Hate. Presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Download the DraftKings app today and use code SVP to get in on all the action. And Steve and I have lengthy lists sitting around the office talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. So we got to just pare it out, pare it down once a week, mm-hmm. one thing a week. And that's going to be hard for us. Very hard. Because we're kind of don't like a lot of stuff. Steve, what do you hate this week? This week, Scott, I really got to knowing and seeing and hearing something I hate so much. And there are plenty of good things about college basketball on Fox. Raftery is one of the best all time. Casey Jacobson's fellow Stanford guy, awesome. But I freaking hate that they have the old NBC, NBA music. It drives me nuts. And they also, like, tinkered with it. It's not the original, and they they put their own spin on it, and I hate it. It drives me crazy because I always want to sing it in my head, and it gets me mad because they have it. They shouldn't have it. That is NBA on NBC. I'm done. You hear that, Fox? Steve doesn't want to hear that music. You know what you need to do to be in a better mood when you hear that? Fire up that YouTube of John Tesh in a tuxedo explaining how he invented round ball rock where he starts doing the dribble and talking about how he left himself a voicemail message. <laughs> like imagine John Tesh laying in a hotel room and he sits up in his bed in the middle of the night and he's like, hold on, hold on, I got to call myself. 
All right. All right. Three, two, one. Now, see, now you're in a good mood. All right. Woo! We took that hate and we channeled it somewhere positive. Steve, let me tell you what I hate this week. All right. It, too, has to do with college basketball. Uh-oh. Oh, oh the, yeah. The net ranking. Now, let me make something clear. I don't hate this as much as I hated the RPI because the RPI was dumb. So terribly dumb that they did away with it as the sort of exclusive measuring stick. And they created these other things. Mm -hmm. They use Ken Palm. They use a bunch of other tools and the net ranking. Now, great that they're using the net ranking. But here, here's the 13th ranked team in the net ranking. The 13th ranked team in the net ranking is Colgate. Now, what? before Colgate people get mad at me, Jack Bruin, rest in peace, was their coach. Jack recruited me to, Col to, to uh, Catholic University when he was there many, many, many years ago. Oh, All-time time all time Jack Bruin fan, coached at Colgate, Adonal Foyle. I don't hate Colgate, but your team is not the 13th best team in the country. And the idea that the, that, you, that the NCAA is going to create this metric and use it, and I'm supposed to take it seriously, when you have Colgate ranked 13th, doesn't make any sense in the world. Now you're saying to yourself, well, maybe they're really good. And maybe they are. But here's what they have demonstrated so far this year. Would you like to know who Colgate has played? Because maybe you're going, well, hold on. Hold on, Scott. Patriot League's deep, dude. Maybe, man, maybe, maybe, maybe they stepped out and no, there is no out of conference. So, so far this year, the mighty 13th best team in the country, who's 11 and one and has lost to Army, has beaten Army, Boston University, Holy Cross four times, Army three times, and they're 4 0 against BU. So, their schedule is four games against Holy Cross, four games against Boston, and four games against Army, one of which they lost. They are 13th in the net. What the f is going on? How could that possibly be? Now, I asked Kevin Pauga, who does a, who does a ton of great work on all this stuff. You should follow him if you, if you like college basketball because he helps – well, he, he helps sort of explain a lot of things. He's an associate AD at Michigan State, and he, and he, he got – just go follow Kevin Powell. I'm not doing a good job explaining it. He explained to me that basically it's because the Patriots – it doesn't matter what he explained to me. I'm going to stop talking. I have Col something that you might hate a little more that adds on to this hate. Colgate's 13th in the net. How many they times have they played Holy Cross? Four. Do you know how many games they have left in their season? Hold on. They have two games left in there against Holy Cross. <laughs> it's hard to beat a team that many times, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Yeah, it is. It's the old adage. It's hard to beat a team six times unless that's who you play for your entire season. Like, what is? what are we doing? And again, I don't hate Colgate. No. It's just... We love Colgate. I don't have anything to good, bad, or indifferent to say against Colgate, but they're not the 13th best team in the country. And the idea that, well, you know, we got this new net ranking. Awesome. Great. That's really going to help us figure out how to see the tournament. Oh, here's the, like, 
you, they're directly in the net ranking in front of West Virginia and Kansas. Come on. You like, what? Are you kidding? I'm not even going to get into all the rest of these. It's just, let's see. Okay. Hey, Loyola. Oh, okay. Good story. Loyola's in there. Oh. Wait, do we have a new net ranking? <laughs> no, they're, they're still 13th. Right ahead of USC, West Virginia, Kansas, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, BYU, Colorado. You know what? They're going to get to the tournament. They're going to, they're going to roll somebody. It's inevitable. They'll be an upset. They'll they play Maryland and beat Maryland. Maryland. And that's, Charlie that's, Colgate and that's what is bound face. to happen. And then everyone can just say, hey, Van Pelt, suck it. And that's fine. That's fine. But just there's, there's just no way that they can be the number 13 in the net ranking. Does Charlie use Colgate toothpaste? If you're at that, we've reached a point in the, in the podcast where you turn into a robot and I can't understand what you're saying. So, Hello? Can um, you hear me? It's not your fault. It's, it happens every, every time. Hello? So this is good. This will spare us from that thing we do at the end of the, of the every podcast happening? where we just ramble about nothing. Um, so Check, Steve's one, a robot. Two, three. Anybody old enough to remember Berserk? The video game Berserk? Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Hello? No. It's not you, Steve. It's Scott. Oh. Can't understand you either, Travis. So, okay. Well, this is good. So that's what we end. We end with a new segment. That's what I hate. Steve hates that uh, Round Ball Rock is the being used for Fox. Nothing anti-Fox. We're good no. friends with many people at the Fine Network. It's just feels like it's music's been incorrectly appropriated. And I and I don't like the fact that there's a ranking that says a team that beat Holy Cross 19 times is number 13. And that will conclude. SV pod. Have a nice week.